The Western has been a genre of movies since the early days of moving pictures. Gunslingers, bandits, sheriffs. By the time this month's film released, the Old West was old cowboy hat. It was the breakaway of these well-known themes that made this episode's movie iconic. From using then-modern music and focusing more on the friendship of the titular characters than their bandit escapades. So before booking a trip to Bolivia, listen as we discuss Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. episode of you've never seen question mark exclamation point as always i'm your host ariel ortiz and today i am joined by my fellow um undercast company cohorts of Derek mcduff and alan torres hey how's it going hey everybody and today we're going to be talking about a movie that myself and alan have never seen it's going to be the 1969 um theatrical classic of butch cassie and the sundance kid and so for this episode, um, Derek is going to be our introductor to to this movie. So I'll pass it on over to him to get things started. Yeah, so I was really excited to talk about this film with you guys. It is absolutely one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, it's directed by George Roy Hill um, and written by, uh, in my opinion, the GOAT, William Goldman. Uh, loosely based on kind of the stories of uh, the old Wild West, these two people who really lived Butch and Sundance, um, and their hole in the wall gang. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, this is a uh, first time either of you guys have seen it. Um, so uh, yeah, what did you guys think um, of it the first time you were watching it? Yeah, my initial, I, I enjoyed the, the banter between Butch and Sundance. Um, it gave me very much like I, I can see that possibly um, Steven Soderbergh might have been like inspired by them to create the characters of like Danny Ocean and and I can't I can't remember Brad Pitt's character, but in in Ocean's the Ocean's movie. Oh, so it, Soderbergh. Soderbergh, yeah, Soderbergh. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah, very, very much quippy. yeah very quippy I got that kind of style from them like Butch being like you know kind of like the older brother and then and then like um and then Sundance being like the you know the reserved person but is always like a is a really good source of like getting things done and stuff so I really enjoyed their dynamic um and overall like the movie was pretty good uh you kind of get frustrated at them because of how they just I, it, it's very much like a double-edged sword of like you get frustrated at them because like they're continuing to like essentially bring heat on themselves but then at the same time like you kind of ha have an understanding of like they really don't know what else to do because they've been doing this their whole lives and like they're at least uh, somewhat good at it um but i did i did enjoy like the kind of cat and mouse kind of thing about it i i knew about like the the shootout at the end but i didn't know that it happened in bolivia i really was like once they started being chased um by essentially the the um group the super in, posse yeah the super posse um i i thought that 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 was going to be like what the rest of the movie was going to be and then it was going to end in that like just by 
you just by cinema history you know of like oh there's this big shootout or you know they get stuck in in this shootout and then um the ambiguous ending of the movie so um I was expecting I really wasn't expecting the whole Bolivia of it all I was so like surprised that they got to Bolivia because of 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 everything and I was like they kind of had like that that layover you could say in in new york and i was like just get on the boat just get on the boat to bolivia why are you like <laughs> hanging out in coney island and stuff so so yeah very much i i i enjoyed that i did kind of like find it very interesting of it not really feeling like a classic western uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, it's, it's very much one of the least Western westerns of all time. Yeah, it was very much to me like seeing more so uh, like uh, um, bank robbers that uh, from the nineteen twenties. You know, of of like like a uh, um, babyface and and um, and and all those kind of like bank robbers or or you um you know um outlaws. Yeah, outlaws. Like I'm forgetting, <clears throat> forgetting Clyde, Bonnie and Clyde kind of like deal, um, that kind of era. It felt more so like those kind of bank robbers, um, and not where very much like cowboy bandits and stuff. So I I enjoyed that. Uh, the only thing that took me out of it, and I know that it's a thing of the times. And it being a sixty late sixties early seventies movie, um, very like not as big of a surprise that they went in this direction. But the one thing that kind of took me out of it was the music. Um, <laughs> it, oh, I kinda, love the music. Oh, uh, I can't. I, I, I the of course the intro like with the bike ride and all that that music. I can't remember the song. Um. Raindrops. Raindrops. Keep Raindrops. Yeah, that was that was enjoyable, but there was like just some weird kind of I, vaudevillian music in some of the um, sequences that kind of like I felt like didn't meld as well with it. Um, I I think that the raindrops keep falling on my head was okay and it melded with with the with the whole bike ride and and all that. Um, but yeah, there was just some kind of like vaudevillian music that went on for like, I think like seven minutes and it was just kind of like getting kind of too old for me. Like I can uh, shit on Burt Bacharach, my boy over here. All right. Yeah. I didn't care for it and at that much. And to the point where, like I said, it kind of took me out of it until, until like things got back on track it is very much a thing of the times very much a 60s 70s moment to have these kind of like um sequences long sequences where it's like music and then you like like intercut i did enjoy like the for the first like kind of like time passing sequence with the uh with like the photographs and stuff like that that was really cool um but yeah, yeah. Overall, I do, I do have an understanding of why this is a classic film and is like a really classic film of cinema. Um, it's like it, it. I do understand like it's how it is listed in this list. Um, 
and I did have an enjoyment of it, but I don't think that I had the, as much enjoyment as a lot of the main population did. <laughs> um, I mean, like I, I did, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy like the, the banter, like I said, but, but I, I don't have it at least in my kind of criteria of movies. Like I, I see it more so as like a classic film. I pay respect to it. But it's not like my one of my all time favorite movies. But but I did I do like like I said, understand why it's a classic and the I mean there's a reason why Paul Newman and and um Robert Redford did two movies together. I mean I mm-hmm. I think Paul Newman Both is like by George Roy Hill. Mm-hmm. Directed by yeah. George Roy Hill. And I think like uh, and I I seen like clips of the sting. Like um, I still haven't seen that one completely, but but um, so good, so good. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. Great. I, I'm gonna be. I like was telling, um, uh, my mom after this, who like, she she was kind of like, in the back room, like listening to it, and like was I was like asking her questions about it. I was like, what, like is like, why are they doing this? What is this and stuff like that kind of <laughs> things. Um, uh, but, but yeah, I I was telling her that I definitely need to check. And I've been meaning to like check out um, a lot more Paul Newman movies and and also some Robert Redford movies. But I need to check out a lot more Paul Newman movies because yeah, Paul Newman was an incredible actor. Robert Redford's an incredible actor, and and this movie definitely shines a light very much so on on these actors. So yeah. If if I can recommend one underrated uh, Robert Redford film, it, it's like a political thriller. A lot of people haven't really seen it. It's called Captain America: The Winter Soldier. <laughs> um, it's I pretty you were good. Say, yeah, Avengers Endgame there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Alan, what were your thoughts on it? Oh, dude, oh, I'm a sucker for gunslingers, <laughs> and I loved it, man. I had a great fucking time with it. And just like Ariel said, it makes sense why it's a classic, and and it is a classic in my book. I had a really good time with it. I thought it was very Western. I, I felt a lot of the decisions they were making were very like, you know, of that era, like, you know, early 1900s, late 1880, late 1800s. Because like, you know, you don't really have much. Like, I, I don't know. I kind of did a deep dive on like Billy the Kid and, and like kind of true crime stories of the era a couple months ago. And a, a lot of it's a struggle, man. They're just trying to get by. They're trying to do their best. And people make really dumb decisions sometimes. But it was the Wild West, like it's you know. But I I I didn't like the raindrop scene. I thought it was really cheesy. Mm-hmm. But I did it like the, it was the seventies kind of thing. That's what my mom kept saying uh, when the these kind of like moments were coming up. It's this. It was the seventies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, of course it's of its time, and I'm pretty sure people back then were like, "Oh, this is cool. This is cute. Whatever." But the other stuff, the vaudeville music, I really dug. Like, I was like, yeah, of course. Like, they're going to be running around New York City, you know, Coney, Coney Island. And, of course, this music's going to play. Like, I would have been tripped out if it didn't. Like, I would have been like, you know, if they played Raindrops again, I would have been like, oh, okay, what, what the fuck are you doing? But, like, that vaudevillian style, like, that's what they had at the time. Like, that was their their music. So I felt like it was it made sense in its place. Um, You know, Paul Newman... Uh, Robert Redford killed it, of course. Like they, they have 
a absolutely wonderful chemistry that like right when I started watching it, I felt like they had known each other for years. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like these characters were like buddies for the longest time. They've been through the, you know, through the wire over and over and over again. And it, it just goes to show how well they, they acted together. Same in, in this thing. But anyways, yeah, no, the, the chemistry was wonderful. And I'm very much blown away at how ahead of its time the film was like, but just some of the, some of the ideas that they had, like the cinema, the cinematography of it all is like, there, there's a shot where they're kind of like walking or they're, they're going through um like, like the cameras behind a fence and they're kind of going, I think they're walking past it or they're on a horse, something. It was very simple, but it, it looked like they were trying to make that effect of like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen these little like, um, they use it in horror movies a lot nowadays, but it's like this little, it'll have like 20, 30 images and there's a light inside and you spin it and there's these little slits. Oh, like the zoetropes. Yeah, I, I think that's what, yeah, I guess that's what they're called. But yeah, and it felt like they were doing that. Like I, I felt like they were kind of, they were kind of fucking around and and doing really cool little things here and there. And like there was great suspense. Like when when the they're kind of waiting to see if who's gonna do the first move. And like in the end, it's just like a snake was behind him, and he just like fucking gunslings it yeah. like a badass and just kills him. They're like, oh thank god. And, and just little things like that, I really dug the fucking opening scene, dude. Mm-hmm. Holy shit so fuck like i i don't like i don't know what you guys mean about not being very western because that was fucking western that yeah. was sick as fuck like i thought that was badass like i actually rewound it like just to see it again because i was like wait 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 because no. like it happened so fast and i kind of looked away and then i was like whoa, whoa, whoa i'm not gonna lie i caught myself rewinding a lot of things because i was like wow they did this back then like i just i don't know i guess maybe because i haven't seen enough like older films from that era i've only seen like very very little i kind of blade more heavy into the 70s and on so like you know 69 is like the the cup uh but also i was just impressed i was like wow like this is fucking cool dude like this is really like some sick gunslinger shit that you see nowadays i mean i'm pretty sure it was the influencer like i said i think it was very much ahead of its time and influenced i fuck ton of westerns and just film in general like it was just super fun and and what i like too uh, lately a lot of westerns have been very very slow and very like kind of just depressing almost and like this movie was fun like i i felt like i was like finally dude like uh, ironic enough finally i see an old movie that's more fun than more recent westerns because a lot of the more recent westerns that i like is like hateful eight Django Unchained, Back to the Future Part 3 kind of thing. Like, those are just fun and you have a good time with it. Obviously, there's a lot of gore in Django and Hateful Eight and a lot more dialogue. But, like, you know, there's some films that have come out. Like, I like I know a lot of people in the horror community, they praise this film called uh, Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of like a very, very slow burn horror mm-hmm. western. And... It's just fucking slow. I feel like it's very shock value-y at the very end. Because there's some very graphic scenes at the mm-hmm. very end of the movie. And I'm like, this is a horror western? I was like, this kind of felt more just like a slow western with like mm-hmm. one quick shock value scene. And you're like, oh, okay, whatever. And it ends. That one I feel was a little overhyped. But nonetheless, it's like comparing 
a, a film from 1969 to this film that came out maybe a couple years ago, 10 years ago at the most, where I'm like, what's going on, man? Like, look at this movie just had so much fun and and, and showed scenes that were serious, but it, it was able to just, uh, you know, be a flip, on, a flip of the coin, just be like, boom, there it is, like serious. And then other times funny and other times like thrilling. And I was like, man, this is fun. Like, like as soon as I finished it, I was like, I kind of need to watch this again when I have time just to be like, you know, I need to, it makes sense why um, me and Derek a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about, you know, or we, we were, you know, Ariel about the movie was uh, AMC and like Turner classic movies would have like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid, like marathons. They would just show it like every day for like a month straight. And, and, and I would always, they would always show the commercial like 24 fucking seven. And I was always like, Oh my God. Like it, it kind of almost got annoying. But that was AMC back then. And now I'm like, fuck, I'm kicking myself in the ass because I'm like, I should have just watched it. Like, because that was so fun and it was so good. And like, some of the lines are super sick. Like, Paul Newman has this one line that that really was super cool and like witty when he's like, um, he's like, I got a vision. Everybody else has bifocals. Yeah, that's the And I was like, damn. I was like, I didn't know that was a classic line, but I was like, that's fucking cool, dude. Mm -hmm. But yeah yeah i was just gonna say i think you are really right alan because i think in many ways this is really maybe the first like truly modern film where it feels like it is something that is not like it's not like an old movie like this this is feels like a movie that would come out today with the like you were saying the dialogue and just the cinematography and everything else the acting feels very modern um the, just the way that these characters talk to each other they feel like you said they are have so much experience in history that you can just feel between them. And I think what what it differs from a Western for me um, is not necessarily like aesthetically, but like how it in like a plot, they just, okay, here's the super posse. And in the Western, you would suspect like Ariel saying, oh, they're going to fight and stuff. And they just like, they know, they just fucking leave to Bolivia. And then they like, you never see the super posse again until it's mentioned in a joke at the very end. And I, I just think it's, yeah, it is so ahead of its time like you were saying alan and so much just kind of you know you see in the 70s really that's the start of the kind of era we're in right now of film and i think that this is kind of really one of the first steps um to, in that um but yeah uh you know what what do you guys think are some standout moments we brought up a couple of them is there any that you really want to highlight i think for me yeah like i would agree with alan about the beginning um being like that's where like the kind of classic um western is kind of like felt especially with like the black and white i really did enjoy not just the black and white but also like this usage of shadows and and it was very much like like it, it's it was a really incredible way to start this movie because it just kind of like brought you into like this this story of these two guys and and stuff and like um and very much so like it, it captivated by starting it off with a black this black and white scene to essentially like introduce that these these two guys are like badasses and stuff mm -hmm. um and then and then also for for me like um a really fun scene yeah was like uh the whole banter banter of of butch and sundance like um when they're stuck up on in the in the mountains 
um, with you know being and they're cornered essentially by this the super posse. And then like Butch is like, okay, we gotta jump, and he's and then Sunday's is like, no, I could take him, I could take him, and then you're mm. like, yeah, very much like, why is he being so stubborn? And like, is he is he just like he wants to fight so much, and then he admits like I can't swim, and then he's like, really, like that? It's it's just such a classic the like fall buddy. Will probably kill you. Yeah, it's such a classic um um banter and and like. I don't want to say like a cop movie, but but you know like in that kind of style and stuff with these two guys like stuck in, in like in a, between a rock and a hard place, um, literally, and uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, so I very much enjoyed that that part, uh, and um, what a, there's 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 there are very much like really fun scenes. Um, with this movie and then I think that's why it's like so captivating I just I wanted to like kind of touch back on a little thing that that Alan said about like how it felt like it it flowed so well but even that like I was like oh this movie this movie's just like an hour and a half essentially or hour and 40 minutes which is very much especially like in recent eras um for a western is kind of like uh, not the norm as well. Like, you know, we, we, you see like 310 to Yuma or, or like we discussed on our, on underrated, like the, like hostels, like it's, it, they're long movies, you know, good, good, the bad and uh, ugly, like a multiple Sierra Leone movies. They're, they're long movies. And so for this to be just like essentially a, a, a quick watch and like, a um and and such like it flows so well and moves like fairly quickly is kind of like yeah a refreshing thing and and goes back to like how this movie did kind of like um think outside of the box to its predecessors as well as what came after it too so yeah mm-hmm Alan, at what moments were were standing out to you? Um, I mean, we we already touched on some, but one of the moments, well, a moment that really stood out for me was it it, it had like it had a lot to it, all in like a minute. It, it's when um, they run up to the the Mexican bandits, and you know they're telling them, "Hey, you need to give us that money back." And it kind of goes from this like pretty comedic kind of lighthearted film to like a very dark situation where you know they have to make a choice where they're like all right we're trying our hardest to be like just give us the money please like this is a job we're trying to do and you know the the bandits have reasons they're like dude we need fucking money too like what what so what like yeah this money belongs to somebody else and we're gonna take it we stole it fair and square and you guys are just gonna do the same thing and i like even the bandits are like you're gonna fucking kill us anyways kind of thing and uh butch and and sundance kid have to be like okay so we're gonna have to gun him down and and it just gets really serious in that moment because like even at the start you can tell that butch was kind of more of like the idea guy and he's like i don't really like to get my hands dirty i don't really want to kill anybody and he straight up confesses like yeah dude I, i i've never shot anybody like i've never killed anyone and I just like that, like, 
difference between the two where like butch is kind of more like a you know leader idea guy while sundance is kind of just almost a cold-blooded killer but they have such a great dynamic together but at the same time now it's like they're both in this position like we have to make this choice and it's easy for sundance but also he's kind of nervous for his friend because his friend's like fuck i've never done this and then finally it's kind of like it's do or die and then they just like you know the bandits up and just kill them and it's so like damn like wilhelm scream too (laughs) yeah you gotta yeah you gotta throw it in there but yeah and i just thought it was such a great moment like again like there's some scenes i had to rewind because i was just so like really and i watched it again and i was like holy shit like damn that was intense especially for a film in 1969 Mm. where you know i think at the time i i don't i don't really know what big intense dramatic other than like hitchcock films and maybe like rosemary's baby or some shit where there's such a intense kinds of moments but like that was so like it was just so intense where i was like wow like it it blew me away just like the bandits got blown away (laughs) yeah no like i i definitely agree like those scenes are all so so impactful and powerful and i i've read the script for this and in uh, Goldman's script, you know, he's a novelist, so he's very descriptive in, uh, in his scripts. And there's just like a page of, or at least half a page of just describing like the intense emotions in that scene. And like the scream that he, he says, it's like not even necessarily coming out of one person. You just all, it goes to slow motion and the whole movie slows down. Um, so yeah. And then one more scene I just wanted to mention real, or talk about uh, something you guys had mentioned real fast, the New York sequence. Uh, just a bit of trivia here is that was the set of Hello Dolly, which was actually shooting next door, mm. and they were allowed to take pictures on the set and use them in the movie, but they couldn't actually shoot any scenes there. They couldn't um, do any, you know, f- actual film. So that's why it's just kind of a montage of pictures is because they had they got to use the set from Hello Dolly uh, and put it in the movie just because like okay we've got the scene in New York let's do this. Um, Hello Dolly, a topic of consensus in present day. <laughs> for the, those theater lovers out there um but yeah uh so you know what is your guys overall opinion and did it live up to the hype um yeah for me i think overall i like i said i i, I, under, I have an understanding of why this hype exists and I, I think to an extent it didn't live up to the hype overall um for me, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, like like we've got given multiple reasons so far that um, this movie was such a big deal uh, at the time, and I think still carries that weight even nowadays. Like um, one of the big deals that my mom pointed out is like this was the first time that like um, a character said shit, <laughs> you know, essentially, and that was a big deal at the time um, when when Sundance jumps off the the cliff into the water and and yeah like I I think that I think the reason why this hype exists then and now is because it is like a western but different and like it 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 essentially makes it a little bit more um relatable in my opinion I think that that was the key thing that this movie has weight to is that you have a really good understanding of these characters of Butch and Sundance and they feel like um, people, 
you know, that you would know in a way. And, and then that was, I feel is kind of something different than like Westerns, you know, where you have other Westerns like, like, um, like, yeah, like Sarah Leone, like the, the, these, the characters in those feel like otherworldly in a way. Like it's something that, that ye, like is, is like a, a modern day now kind of superhero you know kind of thing yeah it's a very american mythology a lot of the other westerns in a way this one isn't um not not just like an american mythology but kind of like this mysticism that that the cowboy in general in westerns carried you know and and like um and in this way they had some mysticism to them but it was felt by the characters that they that interacted with them you know like like um at the end they're known like in bolivia their their reputation has carried but for you as a viewer you feel it as like more so like these are characters that i kind of like kind of know and and are easily to understand and and yeah i feel like it, it like took um a really incredible and interesting take on on the western story and and the cowboy story by by making them more so as an everyday and like you were saying Derek or, or Alan I mean um that there there's a reason why they're doing this and whereas in other westerns or previous westerns were like oh well they're cowboys they you know they they rob steal you know and drink and that's just who they are kind of thing you know um whereas this there's, there's like kind of like an underlying reason to it of why they do they do this they do this because they're good at it they, they do it because they don't know anything else they've tried it other things like when they were younger and then it's too late to try new things because they're too old and 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 then when they do try something new it's like well it goes it goes wrong because how else is it gonna go because they it's just they're going against the grain and what like it's kind of like a very um uh like i i don't yeah like it's a very real reaction to their situation i think so yeah Alan, uh, any thoughts on that? Pretty much hit the nail on the head. I was like thinking the same thing. The only thing I, I can really follow up. I don't know why this quote comes to mind, but uh, I just keep thinking of uh, the gunslinger. Um, you know, the man in black fled the desert and the gunslinger followed. But I know it doesn't like make sense to it, but I kind of think of it as like the man who thinks too much fled the fled in the desert but the, the gunslinger followed like i don't know why that comes to mind but yeah well i mean you guys kind of led into it um but you know but uh, you know why on why people have latched onto this movie so much um but you know why so why do you think that i would be surprised that you guys hadn't seen it i think because it's just a classic of cinema history like it, it's everybody just by name knows butch and and the sundance kid everybody knows the whole like um uh ending of the ambiguous in my opinion not as ambiguous i'm like there's no yeah, it's, way it's, it's not super ambiguous <laughs> but, it's, it's pretty clear what happens like they give you just enough to be like 
maybe they could make it out. Well, it's pretty clear they didn't, but they 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 don't show it, so you think, yeah. Well, maybe they're so great, but you know that it can't possibly happen, but you want to believe it. Yeah. Well, even then, the beginning spoils it. Yeah, oh, that's the true. opening credits pretty much just says, "Hey, they're dead." Well, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, well, why bother watching the movie then?" Well, I think it's you very much it. like they're <laughs> saying, like they're all dead at this point in time. You know, like we're in modern day, like. They're they're long dead dead and long gone kind of thing. Well, because that, that actually that movie that comes out at the beginning would have been um, would have been coming out when the movie was set. And there's actually a scene uh, that was cut where they go and watch themselves in a theater in Bolivia and they see themselves die in on the film. And uh, that's when you actually see Etta leave. Um, but I I think they smartly cut that out. Um, but yeah, because they would have been you know right around that time of the beginning of film when this was set. Mm-hmm. So funny because that's what I heard with um, uh, Billy the Kid that there's like rumors. That's what that, my like, mom was saying too. Yeah, that there mm-hmm. was rumors that because like he was friends with the in like the person that like essentially like killed him. Um, that it's a possibility that he had a soft spot for Billy the Kid and just let him go. Yeah. I well, there's that. a couple of things. Mm-hmm. It's that, like, there was a soft spot for him, but it was also, like, it was dark. The power had gone out. Uh, Billy the Kid was in a room with supposedly his lover, and but apparently it's actually not true. She might have been cheating on him, and she might have been with somebody else, or somebody else had walked in, and for all we know, Billy the Kid never went up there because it was, like, in a little village kind of area where they kind of finished where they would kind of go on and stuff and where Billy the Kid would go hang out with, with like his friends and his gang and everything. But there's a rumor that pretty much he was like, I'm out of this. I'm done. I'm I'm done with this business. That was supposed to be like his last night being there. He's like, after this, I'm changing my ways. And he might've just made it out of Dodge right on time. You know, they had that assassin there to kill him. And apparently he might've lived all the way up until his like, probably like late, 80s maybe like mm-hmm. he probably would have died maybe around the time this movie came out like that's kind of pushing it but like probably he, he if he had survived if like everything came as true he would have died in like the 50s 60s mm-hmm. that's yeah. and interestingly um butch cassidy's real sister was on the set for some of the scenes they shot and they were asking her stuff she would have been like she was a lot younger than him um, so she was like in her like 60s or 70s, uh, but she knew him when she was like really little. Uh, so, you know, they actually had some, uh, you know, historical uh, people coming in and, uh, you know, watching the movie and giving them some tips and advice and stuff. Yeah. Isn't that fucking wild, dude? Like, like the West and like the 50s, 60s are such giant different time frames like absolutely different like the west you know when you think about cowboys you go damn that was a very long time ago and then you think about the 50s and you go yeah that was a long time ago too but you're like there's cars and you know how you know people the the invention of the teenager and and like all these different things are happening technology is going on the the, you know one of the, the the second biggest world war just fucking happened like not 10 years ago and then it's like some people lived from the Wild West all the way to the 50s, 60s, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, it's wild yeah. to think mm-hmm. that. That's one of the things that I also, I just remember, I, I wanted to point out that, that this movie also, in in, in a pretty cool way, um, shows, like, yeah, shows that, that transition. Like, very much so, mm-hmm. Butch Cassidy and the, sun, and, well, the whole thing of bandits and cowboys, 
feels like it's going out of season in a way because it's like especially you get that kind of sense with with the in the showing of the bicycle and that like how that represents the replacement of of horses and so it's already kind of like another layer of butch um cassie and sundance like holding on to something that's that's is slipping away from from the world you know of the oh, yeah. bandits and 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 and, and all of that so it it's very much yeah like you get that like this story is in in a ha- is on the background of this like ever changing world and like that they in a way like even that kind of like foreshadows that they would never make it out of this situation because they are already even the, like and I think they do know and feel it they are uh, something of the past in a way. So, yeah. No, I think, yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. I think this movie is really about, you know, the world kind of leaving them behind, them being relics of this old world, this old kind of way of thinking that, and they, you know, can't really, as much as they try, adapt to this uh, new way of life. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that was well put. Um, but, yeah, now you guys can both say. we've I've seen it. I've seen it too. Yeah, and Alan, you now you've seen two of uh, my favorite films by uh, written by uh, William uh, Goldman. Uh, he also wrote The Princess Bride, um, mm-hmm. which was his novel first, and really prolific screenwriter. Also wrote Ris- Misery, All the President's Men, Marathon Man, a uh, bunch of classics. Yeah, uh, yeah I think yeah. we covered um, Prince. I covered Princess Bride with Alan um on this podcast as well so yeah go go and check out that episode um but with that thank you very much um derek for introducing or making the suggestion of this movie um my pleasure glad we finally got to do it yeah yeah and i I, it's definitely an awesome thing to kind of like like we this whole podcast episode has been about of like it's such a staple of of american cinema history and um so yeah so thank you very much for that derek um and uh, thank you so also alan for joining and and joining me with um sharing this first viewing as well um with you and so i just wanted to also say that that we have a couple other um podcasts we have a marvel podcast called um infinity stones and dragon bones um we have an episode that came out um that covered thor love and thunder and so go and give that a listen um we also have an app um uh kind of i'd say like a sibling um podcast with this one called um gateway episode and that one is going to be coming out uh, with its second season hopefully when uh, when we get enough patrons 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 what are they called patrons patrons on on patreon There you go. Um, so yeah, go and join that. Uh, and that's you're gonna find the link on of all that on um, our um, any of our social medias. We have a, a link tree to to that. And then finally, we have our flagship podcast of um, Underrated, and that comes out bi-weekly. Um, I think our the last episode as of this recording that we released was um, Inside Lewin Davis. So please go and check that out. And with that, um, once again, 
thank you alan and derek for for joining me and everyone everybody out there thanks for being amazing thank you bye take it easy everybody